To me, bi-weekly is not confusing. I can see if you didn't know what it meant, you could maybe think yeah, but people, it's twice a week. But like knowing that's that's a but phrase. But bi-monthly is something that is confusing because it's like, is it twice a month or is it every other month? Same thing with like bi-annually. Um, right. Like but bi-weekly, bi-weekly means, like if you look it up, it means every other week. So, or like every two weeks. I know, but I just like there's, it's just easier to say fortnightly. Yeah. Because. Well, fortnightly is just a more exciting word choice Fortnite is two weeks yeah so does the video game have anything four to do with... fortnights and seven years ago what does uh the video game Fortnite? does that have anything to do with like, i have two no weeks? i have no idea really I, I don't know i've never played Fortnite. i know other than i know that it exists and it's like a pop culture thing um and people watch people play it and also play it and that ninja guy got famous playing it like i know the pop culture surrounding it know nothing about gameplay at all other than you can either play the game or some people just go in and just like hang out with their friends in Fortnite and talk and like do whatever. Yeah, they like, there have, was like, like a concert meetings. in there. Yeah, Gus watched the Marshmallow concert live. Really? Yeah. When it I happened. mean there was like millions of people who did that, so Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't I don't know. Um so anyway, we're a fortnightly podcast now. Um <laughs> for a couple of reasons. Um it's tough for Chelsea and I and our in our busy lives to always come up with something to talk to you guys about um giving us two weeks in between gives not only more time for stuff to happen in the world for us to talk about but for us to just kind of have more time to gather our thoughts and not feel pressed every week it was got to be a little bit of a stressor on a week-to-week basis where we'd be sitting there like coming down to the buzzer and just have nothing nothing that we thought we could fill um 45 minutes with so this kind of gives us a little bit more breathing room. Also, Chelsea has the kids every other week. So the weeks where she has the kids, um, schedule's a little bit more hectic. So trying to fit it in. Yes, like in the summer, it wasn't a big deal. But with back, like school starting yeah. back up, like bedtimes and bedtime routines and right. that whole thing. I'm so, sure if like my <clears throat> kids were aware that I was talking about their bedtime routines on a podcast or any kind of thing, they'd be... Yeah. Well, Gus, he'd, he'd lose some street cred. <laughs> he would not be invited to the fortnightly gathering of Fortniters. <laughs> See, it just got, you know, um, it just got tough. So now we're we're still coming to you. We're still coming to you every other week. We're still releasing on Thursday nights. Um, so yeah, we Thursday, still want to line up afternoon. some good guests Yeah, here. We, still, we still have um, some plans for some good guests and all that good stuff um, coming down the pipe. So, But for now, it's just Chelsea and I, and it's every other week, and... Uh, but we're still we're gonna try and make it um, just as good, if not better, than it than it was before. So don't forget about us on Ooh. our on our off weeks. Um, we're still here. We're still thinking about you guys, and uh, you know maybe we'll find a way to throw in some creative social media posts on those off weeks. But I don't know. I mean, it we seems got, like a lot of work. I mean, last year it was a lot because we were during the school year we were recording twice in one week, so we would normally record once on a weekday and then once during the weekend and it was a lot and then i feel like we're a lot busier right now like this weekend we're gonna be out of town and then yeah we're busy people these days i mean yeesh we're in high demand yeah we're all over the place so we're going to philadelphia this weekend obviously we just got back from denver we're seeing a couple of the same people in philly um and also seeing a guy from the band we saw out in denver but not the whole fish just a quarter of fish and some other dudes, so this should be fun. But uh, yeah, we are we're busy. We're we're traveling around. We're doing some stuff here and and elsewhere. So you know, life uh, just got a little bit more hectic. But we're still committed to the podcast and still committed to giving you guys the best marketing content that we possibly can. And we just thought the best way to do that was to go 
go bi-weekly, and I think that's fair for both us and our, our listeners. Yeah, nobody wants to sit there and listen to us him-haw and talk about random stuff that we're just not excited about. Yeah, exactly, which... Um, not that that was happening. I think all of our episodes um, turned out to be good, but we also took a lot of breaks um, this summer because we just <laughs> were just like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're just going to go on a break now. I'm tired. We're traveling this week. So, I don't feel uh, good. yeah. So I think we ended up okay, but we might, we just wanted to make it official. So, and this, I mean, we got, I mean, kind of good that we did last week. You were sick. So I, was I very can't imagine yeah, on I was, Tuesday. I was very sick. Yeah. Because Tuesday was the first day that you. Did you stay home from work Tuesday once? No, you stayed from work Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday, But Tuesday was when you started to go downhill. Tuesday night, yeah, was when my voice was going. And if I had to talk for 45 minutes, it would have been rough. I'm better now. Um, So just have a little bit of residual cold stuff going on. But I feel a lot better. My head feels a lot clearer. My voice sounds a lot better. Um, And I can breathe out of my nose most times throughout the day, which is nice. So um, Yeah, I I seem to have somehow escaped that cold. My kids both got it. My whole family, Um, my two uncles got it. People got it at work. I mean, there was something going around crazy. I mean, you know, back to school, like the germs flying around everywhere. So it's a tough time. Um, But yeah, I, I, I caught it and it really knocked me out. I was out of work for two days and everything, which I don't like to miss work. Um so, but I knew, like, I was like, I can't go in. Like, nobody's going to want me there. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be there. That's something so. we, that's <laughs> something that we do as adults. I think some people are good at it. And sometimes I feel like I even mentally judge those people a little bit. I'm like, geez, that person's sick again. But had they come into the office, like, sneezing, I'd be like, stay home. Nobody wants your shit here. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. But you, like, I remember uh, when I worked at Miller Toledo, there was this guy named Joe. And he was a super nice guy. Um, he worked on the inside sales team, but he always would come in sick and then leave early. Like he'd come in, like it was almost like he had to prove that he was sick. Like no one would believe him that he was sick. So he would come in for like an and hour be sick and, then and say, be I sick for an home. hour. Yeah. And then people were like, man, you look terrible. You should go home. Yeah. And then like, he would oh, leave. Okay, see ya. <laughs> so then like he got that, like the, the proof was there. Like everyone clearly knew that Joe was sick, but right. like... If Joe had just called and said he was sick, we're like, oh, there's Joe just calling in sick again. Right, yeah. We would have well, judged just, him for it. Stigma. So, like, it's a slippery slope of, like, how do you tow that line, I guess, of, like, I, I guess it just, you're not the type of person that calls in sick ever. Like, I we, I was talking to somebody else about it, and I was, like, thinking about, like, back when we worked together. Oh, I never called. Yeah, even like, at TKG, especially, because you, like, it, right where I, I don't care as much, because I know that, like... I kind of have set vacation days, but at the same time, I kind of don't. And it's just like, whatever, as long as you don't abuse the system. But at TKG, I would never call off sick because I'd always have my all my vacation days planned out. Like, I I didn't leave room for sick yeah. days because I had, you know, I got eight days, so I have to use these. And I feel like I'm 100%. that was 100%, a pretty rough like, eight days. Was a, like, I mean, that's hard. Yeah, like, hard. that's not a good amount of vacation. <laughs> but I remember, like, too, I think... I appreciate, and I feel like where I work now, I really have the flexibility to kind of, I mean, I guess when I was at TKG, I kind of did as well. I think once you start to, after you work somewhere for a little bit longer, you kind of start to feel more comfortable and realizing, like, I can work from home. So I, I appreciate it. I have a couple coworkers um, who, one of them has, like, over an hour drive to work every day. And, like, if she feels sick or she's not feeling well, it's like, do you want to drive an hour to stay there for an hour and then realize, like, I like no, then you get this terrible migraine and then you can't drive like so that's just a miserable experience. So there are times when she'll just message in and be like, "Hey, I wasn't feeling great this morning. Like I wouldn't work from home today." 
And it's fine, and she's productive, and she gets her work done, and nobody's... Well, right, that's that's coming around nowadays. I mean, I think it started with tech companies, so I think a lot of people are getting on board with that as long as you don't... Like, you know, yeah. our, our route drivers couldn't work from home. That makes no sense. But, but like, if it's just a desk job... But your route driver, or... like, that's such a demand... That's like a... It's not like a oh, terribly physically taxing job, but it kind of is. You're like, oh yeah, it's physically, lifting rugs. It's, it's you're physically lifting taxing. hangers. Like, they, so if you're tired off, and weak, it's like yeah. When they but they call off and it's it's rough because you know if two of them call off on the same day or something like the routes go yeah. no matter what. So you got to find someone who can do it, and it's usually the supervisors. But you know, two other like that one person's on vacation. You know, so it gets kind of crazy um, with us. One of our route supervisors is out this week. We had a, a route guy miss last like three weeks with this crazy virus he was up in the cleveland clinic hospital oh my gosh yeah so it's pretty wild but yeah i think that's um that sick stigma and vacate taking days off stigma is pretty much only an american thing like i don't think that happens anywhere else in the world like in europe they have like in france they're mandatory it's mandatory that every worker gets 30 days of vacation but you think so. about like but it's <laughs> funny because you have those people though like every office has like that that like certain like two or three people that are like how is that person sick all of the time like i know my like self and i maybe get like one really bad cold if that a year i wouldn't even say a year so like there's definitely times where i like eat something bad and you definitely don't want to have diarrhea at work (laughs) so like i get that like absolutely that just be like i'm gonna stay home because i don't want to have to run to the bathroom 15 times or (laughs) like sweating on the toilet yes i got a conference call but it's like i mean and some of these people come back and you can tell they're like heads. They sounded like they were sick. And you're like, gosh, yeah. like you need like something vitamins. I don't know. Right. Like how do you get sick so often? I don't know. Get your shit together. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, today Chelsea and I heard this uh, interesting story on NPR and I'd kind of been a little bit familiar with it before, but it was about taco Tuesday. And they were talking about how that term is actually trademarked by, what is it, Del Taco out of Wyoming? It wasn't a Del Taco. It's like a little mom and pop. It was like a, a small, single, it wasn't, you're shaking It's your definitely now. a chain of some sort. It wasn't Del Taco, Okay, for it sure. was some, like, taco of, like, chain Wyoming. that we don't, let's see, taco chain Wyoming. Was it Wyoming? Yes. Um, Taco John's. Yeah. Yeah, so Taco John's has the phrase um, Taco Tuesday trademarked, and they've apparently pursued legal action against other businesses who have used it, like a brewery in Wyoming had Taco Tuesdays, and they sent them cease and desist. But LeBron tried to trademark Taco Tuesday, and I knew this a couple weeks ago, um, and he actually was ended up being denied, and he wanted to use it only for online content because he uses like his Instagram stories. He's like yeah. famous for Taco Tuesday. Um, so he tried to trademark it. But they denied the claim because it's too commonly used of a phrase. And that happened with Ohio State. They tried to uh, trademark the um, because it's like the Ohio State University. Like just the word the? The, yeah. And they got they got that shut down because it's too commonly used well, duh. Like, that's as just a, a word. of a phrase. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But I think one uh, of the, when I was looking, so after I know that we start talking about this article, but I was doing a little research, and one of the awards they were talking about, like, things that people try to, um, one of them was, like, try to get trademarks on, one of them was Delta, and they were saying, like, it, it started with Delta Airlines, but there's also Delta Faucets, um, just the symbol, like, the mathematic Delta. Symbol Delta, Delta River Basins. Uh, and so, like. <laughs> the Mississippi Delta. Yeah, so, you know, if you're coming up with your brand, <laughs> and you want something to be trademarked, um, you know, right. keep in Stuff. mind that 
certain words. But yeah, so it was a really interesting thing. It's something that we talk about at work a lot. Um, not at work, just for work, but um, casually. I don't know why. It's something that I've tried to be better about, not using brand names for or brands um, like in my regular jargon. So like tissues, for example, is the best. I think tissues or Kleenex is one of the best examples where someone says they need a Kleenex and like I have a box of puffs sitting on my desk at work. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah. No, that's that's definitely a good good example. Another one um, we talked here. about is Band-Aids. Um, it's technically a bandage. Um, apparently in this NPR story, they talked about elevator and escalator used to be branded, um, which I thought was really interesting. But then it just became it's like Taco Tuesday. So it just became so commonplace that it's just a commonly used word or phrase. So then they can't trademark it. And the whole point of this um, Taco John's thing was that the, you know, theoretically, based on that LeBron ruling, restaurants could now any restaurant could say, like, you don't own this because it's it's a common phrase. Right. um, And and end up taking their trademark away, which I don't think would hurt them that bad because they could still use Taco Tuesday. They just couldn't pursue legal action against other people who use it, which other people use it all the time. Like, it's not really a Taco John's thing. Like, I'd never heard of Taco John's until today. I never had either. <laughs> when So for Betterment, we used to have our, what is now Betterment Bash, used to be called Rocktoberfest. <laughs> and we got a cease and desist letter from, yeah. it was like a random, it wasn't like that, like Sammy Hagar, like Baja restaurant or whatever it was, but it was something like to that effect. Yeah. And it was, but it was a brewery and they they had their own Rocktoberfest. Yeah. yeah. And we got a cease and desist, which is when we like that year, it was really close to the event and we decided we have a like, um, legal staff on our, they're not paid. They're just members of our board that happen to be lawyers. Mm -hmm. Um, so fortunately we were able to present that to them and say like, Hey, what do we do here? So that situation that year, we kept better, we kept the Rocktoberfest name, but that was the last year that we did it. And then the following year we rebranded to bash Bash, and then, you know, allowed us to kind of Rocktoberfest kind of pigeonholed us into this theme of like music and, and venue and everything. And, um, it's been great. It allowed you to break out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, We've been, thank you to that brewery. Yeah. They kind of did us a favor in that, but yeah. So jokingly at work, we actually were kind of talking about, like we found a list of other, um, commonplace words that were at one point trademarked or still are trademarked that we're still using today. And another one was dumpster. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Which is why, like, um, at our old job, Kimball would always call them, like, roll-offs, and I would call them dumpsters. I was like, why don't you guys just call them dumpsters? But they really didn't have a good answer, but they were just, like, calling them roll-offs. But I would write dumpsters because I was like, people were searching for Yeah, dumpsters. like, when people were looking for something to rent to throw all their <laughs> shit away, they want a dumpster. Yeah, not a roll-off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another one we, we were laughing about was, so we started, we, we kind of were talking about, you start to sound pretentious when you, not to say tissue, but like, instead of saying band-aid, like, can you please give me a latex adhesive? <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, or yeah. like in England, they they call them plasters or the same yeah. thing we we're talking about elevators is a, is a lift. A lift. Yeah. Um, but it's an escalator. I don't know. We couldn't well, I, find I it. I wonder what that original Because it, it kind of like, we, it, there's even like a couple people. The one guy that sits behind me, Derek, you met him at the um, summer party, turned around. He got like piqued his interest a little bit. And like, so we started, like, he kind of got into the conversation. But the one we were laughing about and we ended up like, it ended up sticking was styrofoam. Yeah. 
which is expanded polystyrene. <laughs> yeah, that's just so ridiculous. like that's like, just no, like such a thing to say. It's like, not like a fucking scientist. I need so some I, expanded polystyrene peanuts. Yeah, <laughs> to fill this box. Um, yeah, it's insane. And you wonder, you know, I started. We started talking about this, and I was like, okay, I can kind of see how it ties into marketing because nowadays brands want to say, like, you know, if I'm Google. It's a win for me when someone says, oh, just Google that instead of search it or something like that. Or right. when someone says Netflix and chill, then that is just understood to mean watch, not like watch a movie, let's Netflix or something like that. I don't you think know? that's what that means. <laughs> well, it colloquially became have sex, but like it actually like Netflix and chill was like you put Netflix on and you like it's understood that like. And then you chill. Netflix is like watching. And then I think actually people who. Like, after that phrase became popular, I think people actually, who didn't invent it, started to take it to mean having like sex. Like, oh. Like, I think older people basically saw that and was like, oh, well, this is just millennials having sex. Like, Oh, well, I thought it was more like that millennials were having sex and, like, the olds were like, it just, uh, doesn't it just mean, like, you're watching Netflix? No, like, it started, you generally started, I think, pretty innocently. I'd have to look it up. But anyway, um, but brands like that, you know, they win, like... They want they want that to happen. Like in Atlanta or Georgia area, basically everybody calls any sort of pop or soda. They call it Coke, even if it's not Coke, um, because that's where, where is this? Atlanta. Oh um, yeah, because that's, that's where that's Coke where is Coke from. is. But they they're not always drinking Coke. But they'll call like everything every pop is just a Coke, like a Dr Pepper Coke or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't. So make... that's more colloquial than. Right, but I mean, that's still a, that's still a pretty big win for for Coke, though. I mean, even oh, yeah. your brand's on their mind, even when they're not consuming it. I so, mean, I guess that's the same thing with a Kleenex, with getting a Kleenex versus a tissue. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a big it's a big win for them. And you looked tissues up, right? You were looking up some search volume. Well, so then I started thinking. I was like, okay, so that's you know Google. That's a big win for them because you know that's people are just Google that, and even if they decide to use Bing, like I, Brian who sits next to me at work uses like Microsoft Edge, or Internet, Internet Explorer or something. He's like, yeah, I just Googled it, and I'll look over. And he's using Bing, but he's calling it Googling. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, well, okay, like good job Google, like that's that's a win yeah. for you. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a verb now. It's so I was like, okay, that's that's cool. So I looked up. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, that's kind of interesting for SEO because say you sell styrofoam, but you're not, you don't have the copyright on styrofoam or Velcro and, or Velcro or something like that. And you're trying to rank for these phrases. And I'm like, it's kind of, it gets difficult because, you know, for instance, search versus Google search, like Google search had way more interest, like infinitely more interest as a topic than search did. And tissues had way more interest than Kleenex. But I was thinking that was probably because tissues means a lot of things, like your uh, your like tissues in your body and stuff like that. Like yeah. it has other meanings. Um, but it gets interesting um, for like for SEO purposes because I guarantee you, styrofoam has way more search volume than expandable polyurethane right. or and, polyurethane and, or and whatever you said. Search, yeah, expanded polystyrene. <laughs> yeah. Um, and somebody who's looking for styrofoam doesn't necessarily care that they're getting styrofoam brand or even Velcro brand. Right. They just want the thing. Or Band-Aid brand. Yeah. They just want the thing that is that. You know. Yeah. But <laughs> and like Brian doesn't care that he's not using Google when he says he's Google something he's using bing he's like satisfied with the results he just calls it googling yeah so <laughs> yeah, just internet it. search is just called googling now so um but it gets it gets interesting um, when you're trying to do that stuff and even t- um on a different example and i might have talked about this before 
but the biggest competitor, the category king, um, so to speak, in the uniform rental and floor mat rental space is CentOS. And the word CentOS has way more search volume than floor mat rental, than uniform rental, than uniform service. So, for instance, with us, you know, we're fighting for trying to show up in these searches when someone searches for uniform rental. We're fighting with CentOS and Universe and all the competitors. But in reality, CentOS is like, yeah, they want those, but that's just a small piece of the pie because their branding is so well done that people more often than not are just searching like, oh, we need this like CentOS. Yeah. So, so, that may, so I don't know if you remember the story of when I first started working at Outerbox, um, we worked with a label company. And the one of the one of the things they sold were like Avery, like mailing labels, and they optimized like at the time it was before I worked there, um, but they optimized all these Avery Avery label product pages so well that they were ranking over Avery, yeah. who sells that product. And while they were like this other company was like a verified or qualified distributor of Avery labels, they got um, somehow they had they had to take off. They did like on SEO all of their Avery pages <laughs> because they were ranking over Avery and Avery came in and kind of, I don't know if they like threatened to take away their um, distributor like status or whatever it was, but they had to go and, and undo it because they were ranking over Avery for pretty much every product. Yeah. And well, hey, good hats off to them. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, which goes to show that, you know, there you can fight that uphill battle and if you're a business, and obviously this was a larger business, it wasn't just it's a hard, small though, regional uh, business. It's but... hard though because they were a distributor, so like they actually yeah. like. There's really no reason for me to talk about CentOS on my website. Like it doesn't. What's well, like really, Home Depot like, trying to rank for Lowe's? <laughs> no, well, I mean that's what you're trying to do, but I mean like Home Depot sells bare paint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that, where they're a distributor of that t- that certain brand. Yeah. But I mean, the only thing you can do in my case, like theoretically, I could buy the search phrase CentOS and try to show up for that. But even that, like per click, it's like $8 a oh, click. Oh, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, it's because they're bidding on their own name. Yeah, because um, they're trying to fight against people who are also trying to bid right. on their name. Luckily, they're not bidding on Rentware right now. So the only people who are bidding on Rentware is Rent the, run- the Runway. Really? So, yeah. Because it's like rent clothes to wear for your next event. <laughs> uh, so it's like just dynamic. It's, it's uh, well, I think it's like broad not, match. Yeah, broad match. I think it's what's happening there. But it doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me all that much because if you're actually looking for rent wear and you end up on rent the runway, you'll pretty quickly realize you're not in the right place. Yeah. So we've been talking about at work a lot um, with intent, and we've got um some pretty fair case studies of clients where their organic traffic has declined but their revenue has gone way up and i don't know if we just talked about this in the last podcast or recently but um just that google has gotten a lot smarter when they're delivering the results for intent and based off your search history etc um and even knowing the audience so someone like me for instance, we have um, a client who sells high-end fashion, mm-hmm. which is nothing that I've ever purchased from a Google search in my life. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a bargain shopper. Um, definitely not. I would, I love the clothing on this website. I don't, I can't afford the clothing on that. I wouldn't even. I won't think I would even use Google if I was trying to buy clothes. I would either go to if it was regular clothes that I would wear. I would go to Old Navy. If it was like a, something special, I would go to Amazon. 
or if it was golf clothes, I would just go to like just pop around from Puma to like Peter Millar or something like that. I don't think I would like even search like no, golf yeah, shirts. yeah. But you were looking for so when we went to um, Windchime Ball last year, you were looking for a pink tie, and you went to some unique like. I actually still get remarketing ads for one of the the sites. I get D A Z I. Yeah, that's the one I get too. Dazzy. I'm on their email list. But I get remarketing from them still. Yeah. Because you sent me a couple ties that you were interested in, like. So there are. I mean, maybe it's not something you're looking at every day. Yeah, that was that was an interesting one. I think I just wasn't satisfied with the Amazon results, and I didn't know. Or I went to Express too because that was another brand that. that I knew. I just wasn't satisfied with Express or Amazon, so I just ended up like poking around the internet. But I think females, like we, you know, we talk about, and we talk about this with that client in particular, is that like, you know, they have an online store. They also have a couple of brick and mortars um, that are more like destination shopping, which I kind of we talked about, like what H and M used to be, um, because you couldn't really buy H and M. They didn't have an online store. It was like, oh, I'm going to New York. Oh, I'm going to this, like, you know one of the three large cities where H&M had an actual store. Wait, really? That was yeah. like a thing? I, oh, that was a huge thing. I remember it was kind of a big deal. Like we go down to like, like up to Summit Mall or down to Polaris and there'd be an H&M there. And like my sister would get excited. And I was like, it was like in every mall besides the mall in Canton, it seems like. Yeah, well, for, <laughs> I mean, but for the longest time there wasn't, they weren't, they didn't even have stores. Yeah, not, they yeah, had like their really, flagship New York that, yeah. and... It's like Nordstrom. Yeah, so we talk about like that shopping experience. Um, but like I said, with Google and certain search, uh, I mean, I'm assuming other search engines, but we pretty much always talk about Google when we're talking about search engines these that's days. Because they, you know, Google search. It's yeah, they're they're doing it. That's their thing. Um, but they know that that's not where I'm ultimately making my purchase. It's not the website that I'm going to and spending the most time on when I'm actually. Um, searching for things because I have a different browser profile set up for when I'm actually doing work versus when I'm browsing personally. Um, so I'm typically not going to be delivered that search result. Well, if I'm searching are. for, if I'm looking for like an upscale dress or um, like dresses, uh, jeans and shoes are their top three categories. Uh, categories that they're ranking for right now. Um, but I'm not looking like, I'm not buying Louboutins. I'm not buying like YSL ridiculous like seven thousand dollars i was bought a pair of louboutins a couple years ago there was like there's an amazing (laughs) silver dress i can't remember the name of the designer but i like i feel like it would be perfect for bash this year but it's three thousand dollars and i'm definitely not buying it um (laughs) as much as i would love to because i think it's like the most beautiful dress i've ever seen in my life um (laughs) just ask if you can wear it and just be like listen i'll post it on social i don't know they're like uh yeah they're like oh yeah you have um 163 instagram followers sweet yeah Uh, put that on there you're a micro influencer (laughs) they just need like 163 more of you they're like i'm sorry man this only comes in a size double zero zero and negative three zeros yeah um but yeah but they're i'm not getting those search results but what they're finding is they that where their search volume is down the revenue is increasing um and we actually targeting that yeah and we're getting we're seeing that across the board with a lot of our clients um especially obviously our e-commerce clients because um search engines are getting smarter about delivering that they are getting smarter about intent they are getting smarter um you know for the word tissues 
or things like that on <laughs> on the on the intent and and maybe your previous search history. We've talked about this before. Like if I Google the word dolphins because I have a nine year old daughter who also shares my Google profile, I'm likely going to be delivered pictures of dolphins where you're more likely to be delivered sports statistics about the like the football dolphins. Yeah, the Miami Dolphins. It's interesting. You know, you can. Uh... I mean, I think I've done this pretty well with rentware, but you can actually change intent for certain searches by creating content. So when I created content like um, the best uniform companies where we ranked the best uniform companies in certain regions and then the national companies or how much does floor mat rental cost, um, those types of articles didn't exist before. And they... Sure, like So if you search floor mat rental um, or uniform rental or something like that, it would just be a bunch of different pages. Like our uniform rental page just says, hey, we do uniform rental. Contact us for a quote. Um, and now when you search uniform companies, um, not only does our uniform rental page show up, but we also have the best uniform companies page also shows up. So now like there's that intense changing a bit to when I search uniform companies, I might not just be looking for one specific one. I might be a little higher up in the funnel looking for like comparisons between companies and yeah. like seeing seeing that. Or if you search floor mat rental, now again our floor mat pricing guide shows up and our floor mat service page shows up. So not and we're the only people to publish our our prices online. I know this because this industry is super niche and small. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that intent kind of changed just because of these articles, and Google started to realize that. And we get a ton of traffic to those articles, which is not exactly leading to direct revenue because it's a lot of people in like California or, you know, tons of like that information yeah. is relevant to people outside of our service area, which is my intent uh, with creating those. But it's boosting our domain authority a lot and making our website seem more valuable um, yeah. to Google to the to the money pages. So don't think that intent is entirely out of your control if you think there's a question that hasn't been answered or a better way to do something. And one of the best ways I'll tell you to to get those questions that might not have answers is to search your target keywords and then scroll a little bit further down past all of the search results into the what other people ask for section mm -hmm. and look through those questions and find a way to write content around those questions. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, because a lot of times those questions aren't addressed. Um, so find where that niche is, find that match, and then create some content. And you've done a really great job at doing that. Like you've answered those questions. You said pricing is not something. So if people are looking at uniform companies, like a lot of people are looking for pricing, that that question is out there. Yeah. And you answer that question and you are the, you know, you guys are one of the only few companies that do so at least somebody who even if they are in california are able to go in and be well, like that's but what i found I, I this like, website i did like and... a range so at least somebody yeah like it, you know they're in california like okay you know i want to rent uniforms and here's what it says you know depending on what we get it could cost this to this so like okay that seems like it's within my budget let me reach out to my companies or reach out to some of these companies near me or whatever or so it's just kind of like a helpful guide and it's not and for like, you guys like i know you have partners and you don't really i don't know how like aggressively you send those leads on but you're part of that industry network of other laundries where if you do have a lead or somebody that's in a certain so area. We get so many leads from out of state now. I mean, are... Well, can you send those on? Do you yeah, send those do. on? Yeah, we do. If there's somebody we know in their area, then we say, like, hey, call this person. Um, they'll be able to help you. If not, then we're just like, hey, we're sorry. You know, we won't be able to help you. 
Um, but we do. And I told my grandpa the other day, it's like, we should start taking commission on these because like if we're selling big accounts for people, um, like they, they should owe us something. I was just kidding. But I've, I've done all I can too, man, because I added a service area, like on the top of our website, there's a service area link. Yeah. And then on the contact page, it says, and it's in bold, if you're looking for new service, make sure you're in our Ohio service area. And then it links to the service area page again. If we still get people from like Texas, like filling out the form. I'm like, man, there's like one sentence on this page in a form. Like you've just got to read that one sentence. And it's right above the form. Yeah. Um. So we're trying to cut down on those a little bit just because like the influx of them is a bit annoying. Um, yeah. Like, especially when you kind of like get excited. Yeah, you like, kind of have to drop what you're doing and then like, Ugh, sorry, yeah, like they're. And it inflates like your, like it inflates your data. conversion yeah. rates as well. Yeah, exactly. So, but that, I, like I told them, I was like, I'd rather somebody, if they're looking for our products and services and they find us and decide that we're worthy of contacting, I'd rather that happen than not. Um, because that means we're doing our job. We just have to be little more careful about like you know vetting those before they even fill out the form but you know when push comes to shove if someone searches uniform rental and decides look goes to rentware's website and decides that we're a worthy company to contact that's like a small win even if they're not in ohio yeah that means the website's doing its job in a sense (laughs) in in another sense it's not but in a a more grander sense it is (laughs) so something too to think about is if you are working for a smaller company, um, especially something really niche and you're trying to find search volume and you're trying to do keyword research um, and it is super niche. It's, and it's a really hard to get data on that, but don't be discouraged because um, you know, you're not always going to see search volume, but if you know what your clients are looking for, that's where looking at information from something like search console is going to be value, valuable for you because these are people actually coming to your website and you're able to see what information and what keywords they're searching for when they come to your website. Mm-hmm. Um, so relying on um, a tool like Moz or Ahrefs or something, or even the Google um, Google Ads planning AdWords planning tool, which is not great. I don't think anybody uses that in 2019, but you know, for a long time it was something. Um, but trying to, you know, it's funny we get. Um, I'm I'm gonna sidebar is that. We talk a lot, like we, obviously our company's hiring, we're growing, we're always interviewing and hiring people. And that's one of the questions they ask, like, how are you currently doing keyword research? And you'd be surprised that a lot of the people who work for small companies and they're like, I don't have these tools available to me. Like, they're not willing to pay for a mod subscription. They're not willing to pay for this. We did some AdWords, like, dabbled in AdWords, so they have access well, to that keyword you, planner. So, as long as you understand the concept of keyword research and search volume and um, yeah. stuff like that. And you're like, okay, well, we use Ahrefs and it also has these metrics. Does that make sense to you? And they're like, yes, that actually would be really helpful. I can't wait to see that. Then yeah. that person's probably fine. You and know? we've also <laughs> talked about, like, we've talked about some free tools. Like I use that Chrome extension, Keywords Everywhere. Yeah, um, and like... Uh, so you can do a search. Answer the public is free. Yeah, there's definitely some, so. some free services out there. Um, but I'm saying, but I guess my... We, we, you kind of, we were talking about offline a little bit before we started. Was it the book that book that you were reading about? Um, we we're talking about brand niche, and if you're creating a brand, um, is carving out like in your categories, is carving out a category for yourself, for yeah. yourself, 
Um, and being the king of that category, because if you dive into somebody else's category, like Rentware did, and when Cintas was already... No, actually, Rentware and Cintas started the same year. But then Cintas realized there was no category king, and they just took it over, and now Cintas has more search volume than Uniform Rental. Yeah. It sucks for us. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think if you're starting a new company, you really need to not follow in other people's footsteps and really differentiate yourself, um, even if it's differentiated just for like a really small niche of people who are going to be really excited about it. Um, because that's, that's how you win. I'm working on a site right now. It hasn't launched yet. And it's like, a, um, it's a technology disruption. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of excited to see where. Yeah, yeah. The I know we talked about this the other day. Yeah, the guy who got the tattoo with the QR code. Yeah. Well, <laughs> besides that, I mean, but it is. It's a cool service, and it's definitely it has nothing to do with tattoos or QR codes. He yeah, just excited. But he's he's like 100 percent committed to this, and he realizes that he's doing something that isn't available and doesn't exist right now. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes and how we can, again, cause I'm kind of in that weird space where well, keyword needs, research doesn't do, exist. He needs to do a really good job of positioning his product. He needs to talk to, um, current customers that love him, figure out why they love him so much and then kind of go from there and just say, cause a lot of people I'm reading this positioning book and people will say like, Oh, we're an email company. And it turns out like they're so this, you know, you're like, okay, where's your calendar functionality? Like, oh, we don't do calendars. And they're like, okay, well, why don't you have your email? I don't use calendars. And it turned out that like only lawyers were using their service and they loved it for the secure file sharing. So then it became, they're like, wait a minute, you're not an email company. You're like a, a like file sharing company or something like that. And once you change, it's the same product, but once you change that, it starts to make sense to a lot of people. Um, so yeah, especially with the new product, you really got to figure out. I mean, you have to get customers who like you first. Sure. <laughs> um, but that's a good way, a good place to start. And when you're doing that, it's good to run like tests. Like, okay, when we brand it like this, people are into it. When we brand it like this, they don't really get it. Yeah. Um, and he does. They have so that's an that's, existing brand that already has like really good positioning in the same market. So I think it's going to be a pretty easy transition. Um, into this new thing and I'm excited about it for yeah. him and talking to him on the phone like he gets super excited he's like a really animated character and that's fun well if it yeah I mean if it doesn't if it starts like if he, like audience gets confused a lot of times people get sucked into like I'm building this thing I'm building this thing I'm building this thing I built this thing here's this thing and then people are like wait it's not that thing I don't really understand and it turns out what you set out to build, you built something different or maybe marginally different. And if you like change the phrasing, so not the same that that's going to happen, but that's something to look at. Yeah. Um, So we came into this, we kind of came into this with like this potpourri idea that we were going to have a little bit talk about this branding and the brand names in that article. We talked a lot earlier on, we kibitzed a little bit and then we talked about branding and, brand names um but we did have some other things if you still want to talk about them quickly because there were some industry shakeups i guess for lack of a better term this mu- this pa- past couple weeks that happened um yeah no uh, there's a couple th- there's a couple things we can go through quick just to wrap it up though i wanted to pose this to you i think to me um yeah i, th- I was i've thought about it before just because especially as it applies to rentware but i think in any situation where like the keyword phrase has more search volume or like, um, or something like that for in your industry. So like you're all fighting for email marketing or something like that. 
I think there's room for somebody to establish a dominant brand and just take all of that. Um, so like, say for instance, you know, it's, I'm in this industry and, you know, we really try to fight for, um, search engine optimization or something like that. I think there's room for some giant search engine optimization company to come in and just brand themselves as the SEO, like HubSpot or something like that. And instead of searching for search engine optimization helper over time, people just start searching for HubSpot. So if, you know, if Uniform Rental at one point was probably, the CentOS probably became big before Google became big, but, um, you know, there were all these uniform companies kind of all the same, like scrapping and, and CentOS realized we need to build a brand. And once they built that brand, now they're the kings. Yeah. And so, Wayfair Furniture did the same thing. They started out, they bought a shitload of domains and they used oh, Go- yeah, Google AdWords and uh, SEO to just rank number one for like TV stands and like all that shit. So like they were just like ranking for like these generic furniture terms. And then they eventually realized like, like this, this can't last because if someone builds a brand that's going to be more respected than our random TV stands.com, like we're going to get screwed. So they built Wayfair as a brand and now they focus more on brand building than SEO, but then the SEO just comes with it because people search for Wayfair when they need to find couches. Right. I don't know. It's just something that I've, I've thought about when there's, when there's competition, I think there's room for somebody to build a brand that's just can rise above all of that basically um so that's that's something to look for yeah i think that's i mean it's a it's funny because internally at where i work at outer box we get um our owner is like super like he loves a b like he loves testing things like that and he's done different articles and he's optimized in different ways where um i think one of the things we recently talked about was like um finding it was like google search optimization company or something like that it was like a phrase that was specifically using the word google um and i can't remember exactly what it was but um our site was ranking over google mm-hmm. for that service because obviously google doesn't offer that service right um, but no, we all but everybody sense. wants to rank for you know everyone's mm-hmm. worried about ranking for google not necessarily bing or some of the other search it's not like just general because as as seos we talk about search engine optimization. Yeah, maybe we should just be called Geo's Google Optimizer. Yeah, because that's what we're doing. We're we're a hundred percent optimizing for Google, mm-hmm. whether or not like we start to see a rise of DuckDuckGo <laughs> users, or you know, even Bing, you know, still trying to get those get those Bing numbers in there. But we Yahoo search traffic a lot. I see. Like right now, <laughs> I'm seeing a ton of DuckDuckGo. And then I'm also seeing a rise of, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but there's a Chinese search engine um, that I'm starting oh, to see. I know. It's not Badu. No. It's, it's uh, a sing- it begins I, an asshole. I know the so. Russian one too, but I just can't think of either one of them offhand. I had a client like concerned about it. it well, no, Badu was on their list yeah. as well, and they were um, worried about like... Shoot, I forget the, the Russian one and the Chinese one, because Google... Was building a Chinese search I thought engine. Badu was the Chinese one. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe I'm, I can't think of the Russian one then. I was also... The person who, like, shared that information was also... Could have just been guessing as well, so who yeah. knows. But yeah, uh, so... Real real quick, the other things we wanted to talk about is Google increased the font size of page titles on desktop search. So now 60 character limit about is what they would show on a page title, and then it'd be cut off and they'd use ellipses. Now it's about 50 
um, character limit because they made the font size bigger. So some of my 60 character um, page titles get cut off on desktop only. In mobile, they wrap and you're fine. They don't wrap in desktop, which is interesting. And what doesn't um, for, and for me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for care. Chelsea because they write like 120 character page titles and all sorts of crazy shit. Um, so that's fun. Uh, Google has been subpoenaed recently by Congress um, to give up information about their algorithm and how um, they do or do not favor their own properties in cer- certain searches. So Google's obviously a search monopoly. There's no denying that. And people are just kind of letting that go. But where it's getting sticky is when they send search traffic to YouTube, to Google Maps, to um, Google Play, and all those other Google properties. Um, Like if you search email service and Gmail ranks number one, you know, it's kind of like, They're just doing their job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Really well. So, um... Which is funny, and that plays into the last item, which was the change to um, the way that they're displaying star rankings um, or review ratings on landing pages. Um, So before you could search uniform rental... And because you guys had a listing of aggregate reviews that you did pull from Google, so you were saying that yeah, you they have illegitimate. Yeah, you have so so many out of so many Google star ratings. You can put that in code in the foot of your website, and that would drive when somebody typed for uniform rental companies, um, and rentware would come up. It would also show the five star rating or whatever mm-hmm. star rating you had. Um, so it's something that a lot of SEOs have done over the years, but now Google is no longer favoring that um, general business reviews. So they're relying on, you know, there definitely have to, has to be like very specific schema. Dot, I think it was all schema.org. Well, and it's um, like they want product reviews yeah. or like article reviews, like stuff like that. Yeah, but the thing that I think is funny is because it speaks to kind of what you just were talking about, which is, but they will still show business review ratings based on... Yeah, like the local Google My Business like yeah, <laughs> reviews. Definitely. So they are pulling those star ratings out, and those are based on Google My Business reviews, which again is another Google product. So here we are again being penalized for not necessarily penalized, but they're not going to show you um, the generic or overview review ratings that you've kind of aggregated on your site to show, like, hey, our products have, you know, four out of five stars. Mm-hmm. Um, they want specifically, it's card in if you're not a local business, if you're not a Google My Business type business, you're not necessarily going to be able to show those like business type ratings. Right. Um, people aren't, you know, especially if you see a company, I mean, for you guys, it's actually good because you have a good Google My Business rating because you're a local business. But if mm-hmm. you have someone like Centos, yeah, they're actually they're they're being going to be in a shit for that because they well they didn't are such have a, the, the aggregate rating on their website anyway because no like but reviews. they have <laughs> no what I'm saying is they have Google My Business reviews and they suck yeah because in all their locations the people who some don't are, suck because it's only their employees who have reviewed them like I work here and we're a great company but for a company like Outerbox where you know someone could be searching for e-commerce SEO they could be in California they're not going to see the local pack an outer box showing up. So they just like, as far as reviews are concerned, like they don't see those at all until they go to outer boxes website and maybe click on some case studies or testimonials. If yeah. they're there. Um, but with rentware, especially if you're local and you search uniform rental, we will show up in a local pack. We will have our reviews there and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it definitely, 
it definitely changes the game a bit. Um, I kind of knew it was coming because even when I put it on our site, I was like, this can't last. Like, I'm just kind of like gaming the system here. It felt like yeah. but at the same time, they're also game Google's gaming the system too. So we all game it and we all try and win. I don't know. That's our jobs. So anyway, this conversation probably got a little nerdy by the end, but I had a good time. So I hope you all did too. Yeah. I mean, we had champagne. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, on that note, uh, this is Drunk Marketing. I'm Connor. I'm Chelsea. Cheers. Cheers.